0: Welcome to Odds and Ends. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. So we're here to get our uh, bearings on the week ahead and see how we can use the data and stock odds to help give us some trading edges. And we just finished up this uh, big volatile week. We're poised for more macro themes in the week ahead. Tomorrow's the last trading days of February. We have a new month starting. We have Fed speech, earnings, and it seems like the market has four big eyes this week. Invasion, inflation, indigestion, if speak, and insanity, right, the oil prices. So it's a big week ahead, and let's get Rob's take on all this. Good evening, Rockhausen has everything, and
1: what do you good. see? That was, that was pretty creative there, the uh, four eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hand it to you. That's pretty good. So, yeah, it is uh, very interesting. Um, I'm very, very sad for, for many people uh, affected by this. I mean, you know, uh, loss of life, loss of life. Humanitarian crisis, obviously, uh, just very, very sad to see. But um, you know, we're uh, we're traders, and we have to look at uh, what is happening and, and uh, respond with you know positioning ourselves um, in the you know areas that ha- have the best uh, proceeds, and you know as uh, as traders have done in the past. Uh, you know, some, some people have made money off of uh, different types of events um, that you know, uh, enabled them to be able to then, uh, you know, donate money to the Red Cross, to, you know, uh, certain organizations that uh, can make a difference and help out. So, um, so that's, that's good that we can, uh, you know, be proactive like that, too, with what we can take out of the market. So let's uh, try to equip uh, everybody to do better and um, you know make a difference so um you know we are seeing as of the moment here the um dow futures are down 595 points or 1.75 percent and that puts it at an inside day for the range that we had on friday so we're not back down to the lows um it did open down once the futures started trading today, and then it slid from that. It's had a couple little spikes um, with possible negotiations um, that may take place in Belarus or whatever, but you know, at this point, not much can be trusted because it's a very volatile situation, obviously, right? Um, and the more embarrassed uh, Putin gets, uh, you know, with uh, how badly this operation runs, let's say, um, you know, the more unstable, you know, the outcome could be. So um, it's um, nothing that we can put a pin in it and say we know exactly what the outcome is going to be. We just we just don't. But we know know these things that the market had an incredible Thursday and Friday. So. Two two days stacked on top of each other that were quite remarkable, um, and probably uh, two of the best uh, top ten trading days in the last ten years. Um, you know, by the magnitude of what we saw and the opportunities that were there, and it and and it is it is counterintuitive. You know, a lot of this stuff. So we we try to we we try to communicate what we've learned from the markets over the last, you know, 20, 30 years. And I can say emphatically that the market factors in everything that it knows or can anticipate. So this was not a surprise visit by Russia into the Ukraine. It's been mounting for a long time. And you don't position troops all around the border, you know, as generally as as a, only a scare tactic. You know, if you moving that type of hardware into and, and personnel into the vicinity, you know, was was it was likely that there was going to be an outcome that meant at least going in to annex the east, maybe more. Um, so so the thing is that the market was factoring the likelihood of an event occurring okay and then when the event occurs we gap down and we start to rally why well because the market already factored in and now is a massive you know buying opportunity for those that have been unloading along the way or shorting and want to cover or just you know had a wish list of things they wanted to buy And away they went and and they went shopping uh, at the open and then all through the day. And so we had we had two days in a row that, uh, you know, had substantial rallies in in all the indices. So um, now, whether it's, you know, in in Asia, whether it's uh, in Europe and North America, the markets are pulling back from from that rally. So the magnitude of that rally is is suspect in the sense of of how frail it can become after, because you're going to have people that went along for the ride that might want to take profit. People might have, you know, uh, suspected the outcome was going to be better, and now they're you know they're going to be surprised if it's not. Um, and so this pullback is kind of to be suspect to be expected, I think, as well. Um, Now an inside day makes it a bit trickier than uh, buying a deep discount and seeing it come out of the hole. Those those markets, while they still can be hard to trade, you have a lot more information about signal to noise ratio, right? You can see clearly the uh, activity in terms of higher highs and higher lows as you go through the day. When you're in an inside day, if this is how it wants to play out all day Monday, then it's going to be choppier and and harder to distinguish a clear direction and clear clear thing of what to do. So we're really recommending that you be more diversified tomorrow. This isn't the type of day like we had you know on Thursday or Friday where you can where you can just come in and say, you know, I'll just buy some great stocks and maybe I'll hedge with the SPY if necessary. It's, it's not that type of day because you might have you might have negative alpha, meaning that the stocks that you're in are just higher betas and higher volatility and the in the, the hedge of the SPY won't offset it if it starts to slide. Where if you were long and short, both, that would be more offsetting but when you have those deep discount days like we had then you know you can take that approach of um, of even you know being one sided if if necessary and just holding on to your hedge uh, loosely if you need to so it's 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 different markets it's different dynamics um, but what we're saying here is you know go to stock odds and and get your odds on the on the groups and try to be more more balanced like make sure you don't have too much exposure to one group to one group um, and you know those groups could be the technology they could be oils they could be you know commodities uh in general gold and and other metals and stuff too so okay so uh, dow's down uh the s p's down 110 points or 2.52 percent Nasdaq's down three hundred and eighty-two point five or two point seven percent. So that's taking it on the chin pretty hard. And the Russell is the worst at the moment, um, which also, you know, had had a pretty good showing the last two days too. So uh, it's down sixty-one point four or three percent at the moment. Um, and it it opened when the futures opened, the Russell Futures, they just opened and immediately dropped, um, more severely than the others. Um, and the volatility has uh, has written risen back to over 30 now on the VIX. So when you have high volatility, you're going to have things swing both ways. Um, if the volatility starts to drop as we open tomorrow and the market's starting to build, let's say, then you want to target, you know, moving back to test to, to first of all to fill in the gap if we actually open with a gap. So to fill in the gap. Um, That would be number uh, one. Can we get a gap fill? Um, And that gap fill puts us. Yeah, pretty much right back to the close. Um, So it's a it's a good target, so keep that in mind. Um, But you'll have your indicators will be, you know, the VIX will be smoothly selling down. That means volatility is coming out of the market. You know, the. People that control other people's money aren't buying puts as much. There's some confidence coming back in, that kind of thing. So that's how to position yourself for tomorrow. Um, Tomorrow is the last trading day of the month. Why don't you talk about some seasonality that you see for the last trading day of the month, and we can compare that to the macro.
0: Yeah. So I just did a screen in stock odds for the seasonality almanac final trading
1: day of the month. In the
0: past few years, this is a kind of a risk-off day. A lot of funds deleverage and de-gross their risk on that final day. So uh, it tends to be a down day just
1: in general. yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: But uh, particularly for the last day of February, we're seeing symbols um, like solar symbols in end phase, arc fund type symbols. So some kind of risk-on for, for longs and for shorts things like biotech etfs financials and oils typically but um in terms of sectors that are going to outperform or underperform based on the odds uh, iwm is expected to underperform the spider and that's in sync with what we're seeing right now in the futures um, also financials energy and materials are the ones that are typically <clears throat> underperforming the spider and the ones that are outperforming the spider typically are the QQQ, XLK, SMH, and ARKK. So um, some of your higher beta tech stuff uh, typically would outperform on that um, relative to the spider on that final day. So it's a little bit mixed, but um, for, in terms of oil, I mean, typically you would expect it to underperform relative to the spider, but we have this major macro storm, right? And with it up like four or 5% pre-market now, it seems a bit tricky. I mean, if it opens up 5%, is the premium built in and it cannot retrace or do we just want to be long only on oil? So oil seems to be a, a trickier one. You're either going to really make it or break your um, tri- your day's uh, P&L based on that. So how would you play oil for tomorrow?
1: Well, my, my long-range um, assumption uh, would be that we're going to be pushing back towards the 150 a barrel, so 147 and change is is kind of where oil hit back in, I believe it was 2014. I could be wrong, but um, maybe, maybe I got my years off, but anyway, it, you know, the last s- s- sort of super spike that we had of oil, um, and then from there it really dropped massively down, but, um, I'm I'm thinking that that is definitely possible, and and it's not, it's not just war related. It's because the futures are still in backwardation, um, and that puts an upside um, potentially on that uh, for this next contract, as well as supply chain stuff. And we don't know, you know, whether the OPEC countries will sort of step up to you know help alleviate this problem I mean you know as oil is is pricier it does put more revenue into Russia's coffers right but at the same time countries you know um, haven't moved to completely sanction that either so um, it's uh, It's possible. I mean, I just see I see that it it wouldn't take much more, uh, you know, bad things to happen to to, you know, create this super cycle. Um, So. So that being said, um, it you know, because oil had such a massive rally over the last uh, six months to seven months or so it um, You know, it's normal that there's some profit-taking now that we're in the event. So that same rule that I mentioned at the beginning of the program is still true, and that is the market is factoring in. What was it factoring in? Supply chain problems, you know, demand increasing with the reopening economy, you know, um, the fact that, you know, the environmental talks, you know, really was no outcome that was – you know reducing the consumption of oil it's like yeah you know we we know we got to get all green and everything but you know we're we're not ready to do it yet nobody's you know really stepping up uh, so you put all those things together and i think you just have an environment where oil certainly could you know uh, have a correction pull back a bit and then get back on its way to continue up now with the war going on obviously you're not seeing a, a m- much of a correction it's been down a couple of days right mm-hmm. um but I don't think that that's permanent. I think it's uh, just a little bit of a blip just because of how much it had moved. And then the crude futures now, you know, are up from where they were on Friday's close, right? So we have moved up, but we're not making any new high. So it'll have to get back up over the the $100 a barrel uh, firmly and then continue to build. I see hundred dollars you know, 112, 115, very possible, just within the next few weeks, um, and um, possibly the worst-case scenario, it could go to back to 147.
0: hmm Yeah, that was back in 2008, July 2008. Oh, is that
1: when it was? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 147. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just remember the price that got up there. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and then it fell. It fell from from that high all the way down to something like thirty nine. I think, if I remember correctly, like thirty nine something a barrel, or thirty seven even. I don't know. Or minus eighty, right? <laughs> well, no, that was in that was in 2020, right? So <laughs> minus. I don't even think the minus shows on a chart, does it? Really? No. <laughs> yeah, nobody's equipped for those minuses on commodities. Imagine imagine that uh, <laughs> all the commodities in the world were minus for, <laughs> and then and you could buy some. That'd be amazing. Uh, anyway, um, so so this this puts a a macro opposition to the seasonality of that XLE being down on the last day of the month, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as of as we stand right now, it's up from Friday's close but it could still be down open to close. Mm-hmm. So if if you're looking at it from a close to close perspective, it may fail, but if you're looking at it from an open to close, we may actually open high on XLE tomorrow and pull back all day. If for example, you know, there's progressive talks that mean that maybe there's some hope of, um, mm-hmm. you know, of ending this thing sooner than later. Right. Okay. Very good. Now we need to look at all of the commodity space to see what is really being affected here. Um, so currencies, the U.S. dollar is up, right? So what does that benefit? And that would be less likely to roll over hard on you. Um, you know, when usually when the dollar's up, it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't change direction that quickly. It's not as ag- aggressive as something like. Um, you know, if you if you went long uh, GLD and it, it decided to be a risk uh, on day, they would probably sell the gold down pretty quickly, right? But the U.S. dollar won't won't be that impacted. Um, let's just see here. So we've got crude is up, Brent is uh, you know Brent is up, uh, West Texas is up, gasoline, heating oil, natural gas. Um, Gold is up. Um, we're back to 1909, 1909 on that um, silver. But here's the thing: we have not, we have not beaten on any of these things that I've mentioned. The high that was set um, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. So, so that's still in place. Um, let's see, wheat's up. Um, and and wheat is uh, like Russia is a big supplier of wheat, right? So wheat's up. Um, what else are we seeing here? Yeah, gold was up to like nineteen thirty-five a couple of days ago, and it's only nineteen oh nine right now. Yeah. So. so I mean, it's up from Friday, <clears throat> right? So that's the thing that people are going to see is it's up from Friday. But you have to look at context. Where was it in this last week? You know, what are the highs that were set and where we are? So I'm seeing a lot of inside day or inside the last five days. You know, I'm not seeing like brand new highs across the board on any of these things that are sort of defensive, right? Um, and we're not seeing new lows on the markets. So I think I think it's it's a, just treat it, I think, come in tomorrow and treat it like that inside day. Try to be diversified in your longs and your shorts. Um, you know, just monitor your exposure to technology. You don't want to be too one-sided. Your old, you know, gold and silver and basic materials in general, you don't want to be too one-sided. Um, you know, I don't know what's what's the futures doing on um, treasuries and stuff here. What's going on there? Bonds. Bonds. Um, so, you know, we've we've got another thing with Powell speaking this week. Um, we've got some some we're we're waiting for some clarity on what may be happening for the March meeting and some some guidance there. So, um, so there is some Fed banter, and people have said that the the rally that we just had was related to the fact that with the war, the Fed would probably be less hawkish and more dovish. I don't think that statement is entirely true. I think the reason is that we still have a massive inflation problem, and it's only gotten worse with all the events that are going on, and they do have to deal with that. Um, And I think the market rallied. Partly because of that expectation, but obviously partly because of what I said at the beginning of this podcast was the market had already factored in uh, things related to the war. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's two prong, and I think that the indication of that is the war is still going on. You know, that we're pulling back on the futures, right? Mm-hmm. So would we? Should we not still be rallying if the if the argument was only about interest rates? we should still be rallying right now. We should be rallying into Monday. We should have a big up day on Monday. But that's not the, I don't think that's the case. We're pulling back now, you know, uh, and the market is, so it's its not all about interest rates. It's about the macros globally and about the Fed's posture. And what they're going to do. So we'll, we have to hold both concepts and we have to deal with them. And this week on Wednesday, Thursday, we do have some more uh, Fed uh, speak. So, um, you know, we'll have to see what we can get out of that. So anyway, um, just remember, it's not just the last day of the month tomorrow. Um, we then, from, from where things close, we have the turn of the month effect into the first day of the new month. So on your seasonality calendars, get orientated with the first day of March and what to expect there because you'll need to take that into consideration for anything you might want to swing trade or you know pairs that you might want to create or um you know just uh you know doing your basket trading going into uh Tuesday morning as well right
0: okay very good anything else No. Well, I I mean, I think today that the term nuclear (laughs) really spooked the market getting his nuclear deterrent to high alert. I mean, Putin, I I think that's what did it for today. Otherwise, I think we might have just continued rallying in with um, knowing the invasion is going on and there's possibilities of talks and he's going to keep playing and manipulating positioning. But I think that keyword nuclear deterrent on high alert, that kind of really spooked uh, everyone today.
1: <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, there's there's going to be the propaganda playbook, you know, going on all the time too, right? I mean, it's, it's all start, you know, everything's based on lies. It's just so much of this stuff. And, you know, if you're going to be headline driven in your trading, it's going to be, you know, kind of a crazy, crazy road to walk. Um, so we have a better plan with stock odds, and that is long and short trading. And you get, you get to decide, um, that's where discretion can come in, is how much exposure you want to a particular sector or industry. And if you don't want one-sided exposure, then you can be long and short within the group. So that's the beautiful thing that we have. I mean, none of this sort of phases us in terms of what's going on in the world really but we can optimize our trading by doing some of the things that we mentioned here which is like on Thursday and Friday those were good days to you know take a little bit more um, risk because of the deep discount and um, you know get filled on some of these longs that you wanted and then decide to hedge with either the diamonds or the spy or and if I see if it's a really sort of aggressive, risk on type of day, and I originally hedged with the spy, I might even take a bit of that off and put some into the diamonds because the diamonds, you know, generally tend to um, not perform as well if they're going after things like the Qs and the Russell and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you you get to, you know, you get to decide how much exposure you want, or you can kind of strip it out almost altogether. If you are long and short, you know, electrical utilities or if you're long and short some REITs or if you're long and short some money-centered banks, you know, you, you are taking a bit of the market out or a lot of the market out and you're also taking some of the macro out. You're not going to be as impacted if you sort of get it wrong. I mean, it's going, to, it's going to be reducing the variance on your trading account tremendously. Okay? All right. Good luck. All right. Take care.